on this week's episode of the Superhero Hour Hour. Does the S.H.I.E.L.D. finale land the Quinjet? Does Preacher need two episodes in the same week that S.H.I.E.L.D. also has two episodes? Will the taste buds decide Hobbs and Shaw is the worst Fast and Furious movie? Find out right now! Welcome to the Superhero Hour Hour. This is the only show on the internet where we talk about every live-action television show that is based on a comic book or a comic book property. My name is Taylor. With me, as always, is Greg. T-Money! Greg in the house! How you doing? Oh, I am doing great, Greg. It is great to see your beautiful face on this beautiful morning. Woo! Positively glowing. Also with us is Ryan. Hey, guys. Well, Ryan's in the house! I am so excited that we are all here. We are the Rowdy Boys and Ryan in effect. Featuring Ryan, please. (gasps) Ryan, should we have left some of the drugs for you? I don't think so. I think that uh, if I was to take some, you guys would just take more. Yep. And so... We gotta stay in tip top. He goes to eight, we go to 11. Bring the energy every day. What drugs are these, by the way? Dude, it's pure podcast energy snorted up with baby vitamins. Oh, yes. We've got Flintstones chewables. Boom. We've got Flintstones gummies. Believe it. We've got Flintstones liquid. All day and tomorrow. Flintstones liquid, is that's not a vitamin. That's like what they pulled out of the mosquitoes to recreate new Flintstones. They found the tomb of the the Flintstones, and there was this weird red goo, and T-Money and I petitioned to be able to drink that red goo... And, long story short, we did do it. I don't think anybody should do drugs, but I'm so stoked that all it did was get you guys high instead of the other millions of damaging things it could have done. Did you guys see uh, this week there was a guy who made bread out of, like, ancient Egyptian yeast? And do you know that guy is always doing that? Yeah. His whole, like, his Twitter is just, like, multiple, like, all right, I'm going to make some old school bread now. And it's weirdly engrossing. And you think old school is just, like, from the 70s. Yeah, not from like, how old was this bread, T-Money? It was like 4,000 years old or something like that. Yeah. Can he just not afford modern day yeast? Well, yeah, I mean. The uh, yeast market's crazy right now. Yeah, like if you get the old antique stuff, it's it's at a much lower cost because they don't adjust for inflation in the yeast market. This is because of big yeast. Yeah. putting their thumb on all of the bread makers. Yeah, well, I mean, have you heard his new album? It's fucking killer. There's some good Yeezy? There's some good tracks on that. I wish he didn't at the beginning of every song go, Big Yeast! But the score is great. That's a little pun based on scoring of bread, that you, the little oh, okay. uh, pattern that you do in the that's top. That's some bread humor. Yeah, that's a little bread humor for okay. my bread heads out there. By the way, we were barely, if not at all, talking about bread, and you got us we're right ba- there. We were barely so- talking about bread. Oh, Am I right? Wow. Wow, wow, wow. This is making me hoppy. <laughs> hey! Hey, Ryan, is this what you feel like every week? <laughs> that... Like, just inundated with bread jokes? Yes, that's what I feel like every single week. We're separating the grain from the chaff. Hey! That's some more. Hey, what else can we do? It's it's worth it, though, because this is how I make all my dough. Oh, Oh, damn! damn! You gotta believe! 
We're turning up the heat like it's an oven in here. It's getting Which is where you crazy. make bread. Yeah. I gotcha. Man, oh. we are not just a great podcast because we say so. We are proving it. Oh! 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 Fellas, we're talking, to, <laughs> we're talking about the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. finale later. Before we get to that, even more bullshit. We Woo! are unstoppable. It's stupid as hell. On this week's episode of The Fast and the Furious, Hobbs and Shaw decide that they can't get along with the rest of the crew and decide to have their own adventure. The very villainously named Brixton, played by Idris Elba, has invented a way to give regular humans Terminator-like superpowers, launching the Fast and Furious into two new stratospheres, having a shared universe with spinoff films and that of superheroes. Taste Buds, I ask you this. Did you have a good time in the theater watching the movie? And how much of that good time has stuck with you over the last week? Okay, I had a really good time in the theater. And I felt this way about... Well, you hired two incredible escorts to take you to the theater and hang out with you the entire night. Ricky and Tony, they were very nice gentlemen. (laughs) Nothing happened, but... More tuxedos. It's nice to be around handsome men. I don't mind that part of it. I'm not going to make any excuses about that. Are you going to start wearing tuxedos at the theater now? Well, no, because I'm a fat disaster, but (laughs) Ricky and Tony are both very attractive, (laughs) slim men. Don't tuxedos make every dude look good? Yeah, but I'm so uncomfortable if I'm wearing anything other than just my bathrobe, (laughs) which is why I wear it around so much. Uh, I had a lot of fun in the theater. I had a lot of fun in the theater for the last Fast and Furious like regular franchise yeah. movie. Fate, right? Yeah. But I feel like maybe I came to Fast and the Furious fandom kind of late. And so I never have any expectations for the movie to be anything at all. And then when you have expectations that low, I enjoyed Idris Elba. I enjoyed, yeah. you know, The Rock and, and, and Jason Statham. The Rock did okay. Jason Statham is awful. <laughs> Oh, shit. See, I totally... Uh, like, that. Uh, opposite really? opposite yeah. opinion. I opposite that. Speak to that. I think that uh, because he is just sort of like naturally cool and is asked to do so little uh-huh. that he's fine, I think The Rock is so tryhard. And I don't think I used to fucking hate The Rock, Greg, until you just started marching around saying he was terrible, and now I agree. He is really bad, you guys. And he is uh, just so much more cue cardy than yeah. Statham is. Yeah, he, The Rock's thing, and I thought he actually did okay in this movie. I thought he did better than I expected. See, so much of this movie was just slightly better than I expected. Even though The Rock made a play for your future wife, Vanessa Kirby? Okay, yeah. I want to talk about a couple that has zero chemistry. Yes. This movie feels bad that it's introducing the idea of this relationship between The Rock and Vanessa Kirby. The movie never takes the relationship seriously. It never gets off the ground. And at one point, The Rock's like, I think I might kiss you now. And she's like... Would you not? <laughs> yeah. Like, could we just, like, not do this? And honestly, that energy is totally what everybody in the theater is feeling as it's well. The only movie I've ever seen with less chemistry between two leads was the first Fifty Shades of Grey movie. <laughs> <laughs> you know, she is so, like, beautiful and elegant and classy and brings that to this role. And he is so goofy and over-the-top and cartoonish. Who it, she belongs with, and this might be better for today's audiences, is Jason Statham. She should be with Jason Statham. Listen, they that, they the, are brother and sister, but that's no longer a complication. The weird chemistry between they them. They had chemistry. There was so much they chemistry had between energy. them. Like, it was... They even had the thing where they hate each other at first, but Mm -hmm. then they grow on each other. Yeah! It's almost like they forgot... Or no, it's not like they forgot. It's because we are living in deeply fucked up times. Yeah. I I gotta say that... uh, And maybe this is because of prison time, but I think Helen Mirren was rooting for it, too. Yeah! She wanted to see this happen. (laughs) 
It's so weird. And because none of that, like, at this point, the Shaw family is, like, ingrained in the entire franchise yeah. of the Fast and Furious. Because I think at one point they were just like, yeah, and actually, like, the younger brother of the Shaws has secretly been, like, uh, orchestrating all of your stuff the entire time. So, like... But none of them look the same no. or are in any way related. They have vaguely British accents. Yeah, they are all quote unquote British. Yeah, but like each person is from like a different part of like the entire island of Great Britain. Uh-huh. Yeah, I know. They all come from like a different region as a family. And at one point, uh, Vanessa and uh, Jason were basically the same age. And then at some point throughout their lives, he aged twenty two years more than she did. Yeah, yeah. Well, that it's very much doing that Hollywood thing of that if you're a woman and you're 30 years old, then that is synonymous to all dudes. A dude being 50 years old. Yeah. I just saw the Aladdin movie. If you guys want to touch me later, uh, you still the magic might rub off on you. But that has a relationship. Spoilers between the genie who is played by Will Smith, who's like 50 years old, right, and Nassim Pedrag, who is like 30. Yeah, five or something. Yeah. So like, and very much the movie's like, well, these people are the same age. Yeah, this uh, is the same thing here. It's like, no, it's not. We're, we're not that stupid. <laughs> we know that there is a difference. But yeah, if, if I the timeline of their family is impossible for me to understand because it, he is the oldest brother, Jason Statham. Yeah, and then there's a younger brother who I thought was in between him and his and sister. And he was a bad guy for like Fast and Furious. Six. Yes, he was in one movie, and then they're like, "All right, well, we're just gonna kill you." And, uh, then, and now we have Jason Statham. Jason Statham just called, so you can get the fuck out of here. Yeah, you're yeah. dead now. They, they literally brought Jason Statham in to kill that guy's character. Ryan, you are like our Fast and Furious guy. You're the representative here on the show. I, I've started. I've started a podcast about it. Yes. Hey, what the fuck is this? Just shove me down the stairs. Uh, I may have misspoken. Taylor and Ryan, you guys are really the original Fast and Furious fans. How did, 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 but Ryan, we haven't heard from you. Did you enjoy the experience of watching it in the theater? I, uh, there was so much that I didn't like, and the stuff that I've been hearing that's been praised about this movie, I'm really surprised by, because the banter between the two guys, um, was a nightmare, right? It was, it was really hard. It was so long, too. It was, it was the focus of so many scenes. Yes. Uh, when we weren't, uh, going through a ton of exposition that I didn't give a fuck about yeah. we were having them be like well i'm jason statham well i'm the rock well and i'm jason statham doing such terrible comedy bits yeah they're not really bad bits they're not built for it they they have less chemistry than the rock and vanessa kirby I yes think. uh because there's no like play off each other like what you don't have to have an improvised movie but you'd like to sort of think that they could if they had to yeah and they these two guys cannot no. and all of the stuff like i think that they, like, and then when we look back at Dom and uh, Brian, who aren't also like the best actors, there was something there that they were trying to recapture that they could not. Yeah, that was just something weird that you can't bottle up. Like they're two really bad actors. Yeah, even though one's dead, I'm still gonna say he's a bad actor. Um, and it just sort of worked in this like really earnest, really cheesy way. I think it's because they are both really earnest people. Say what yeah. you want about Vin Diesel, but that guy. He's a very earnest dude. Yes. He's, he's <laughs> extremely earnest. Like, he has all of those videos of him just in a dark room in his home, like, doing karaoke to, like, Rihanna. Uh-huh. And it's just very sad and somber. And it does not feel like he's doing this ironically. Vin Diesel watched a- Star Wars Kid, and he was like, that guy's awesome. Yeah, yeah I'm going to live life. my life. He's like just that. an incredibly earnest dude, and I, I love that about him. And, but, yeah, The Rock and Jason Statham cannot recreate that. In 5, 6, and 7, and those are the, like, as much as I am the premiere 
Fast and Furious expert on I'm in so sorry, Pop Filter. Taylor. I don't know why I did that. Five, six, and seven are really the only ones that I like. And you uh, can fuck right off. But you like them so much. I right? do. Like yeah. more than Taylor likes anything. Ha. Um That's why are you guys just stabbing me right in the heart? I'm j- I made just, one little mistake. You, both of you came I'm, with knives in hand. And I can't believe how long we had to wait in order to get the action magic from five, six, and seven. Like it was really sort of just at the end. And when we were at the end, at the end, there's a big, like, a bunch of cars attached to each other and try to bring down a helicopter. Yeah. They thought that was a lot cooler than it was. It, what it really felt like, it though, was it, the coolest. <laughs> I, was yeah, the coolest. I loved it. It was the first time that I thought I was going to spend two hours, like, screaming and clapping. It was the only time that I was into it. But as I was watching, I sort of realized, like, oh, they just remembered that this is a Fast and Furious movie. Yeah. And then they flipped the Nas on, and yes. you're like, okay, the, they didn't want to do this. They felt like they had to do this part. Yeah. The flipping the Nas on was the first moment in, like, three of these movies that I've been like, oh, yeah, you guys watched the first one now. You guys get it. That's that moment what we all did, came for. That played really well in the theater. Oh, yeah. I felt like a real frisson of energy, like, when that happened. And do you know why? Do you know what that scene featured? Helicopter. It was Chains. That oh, scene yeah, had chains. It had chains. And you guys know me. I'm not like like a chain fan from way back. Sure, I had a chain wallet when I was a kid, but who didn't? Uh, it's Fast and Furious has taught me that like if things are going to be cool, chains are necessary. Yeah. And this is when the movie finally This movie clicked. delivered chains in a few scenes. But oh, yeah. This was definitely like chains having their moment. Yeah. I, I think this movie was a worthy addition to the canon of Fast and Furious. I think I would put it like on par with like number four, where like... They hadn't quite figured it out yet, but it was like, it was better than Tokyo Drift. Four, four's in that weird place though, where like, we're, we don't want to do the old stuff anymore. We haven't figured out Fast Five yet, and so you can see it in this like uh, metamorphosis position. Yeah. So it's it it is sort of the worst, but also kind of rad. Yeah. This I would put lower than that. Uh, yeah, I, but like how low is it? It's not the worst one. It's not worse than the to- second one. Two well, is the worst. Fuck off. Two is the worst. Fuck right off. This- Tokyo Drift exists. Tokyo Drift okay. exists! Tokyo Drift is actually a pretty good I am, story. I am, I am going to fucking kill myself on air. Two, two is the worst. That's You guys are so wrong. It has Tyrese. Uh, fucking, he has a nickname of Bullet for just that movie. <laughs> it's the best. You guys suck! Justice for Suki. That's all the time we have to talk about Hobbs and Shaw. I am, I am fucking heated right now. That feels now. like the middle of the conversation. Wait, is I this the so- end of the segment, or are you just so mad you're going to... I, both. Both. I'm, I'm going to end the show. One more thing. Idris Elba's motorcycle. That was, that was Oh, great. yeah. I it can't believe we didn't talk about... We made the same fucking mistake the movie did, which is... Bullshit we, in the beginning. The very yeah. best part of it, we gave the least amount of time to, which is why wasn't this movie just about Idris Elba? Yeah, it should have just been and, about him. And about his motorcycle, and about his jacket. His motorcycle that I think can talk. I, like, I don't think they ever showed it, but I'm sure it, behind the scenes, that motorcycle can talk. And I believe so it cool. had a consciousness. At some point, probably before the movie takes place, they fucked, right? Oh, yeah. yeah. Elba and the motorcycle? Absolutely. All right, that's all the time we have to talk about Idris Elba and his motorcycle. Now we're going to move on to our main event, which is the two-part Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. season finale. On the two-part season finale of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., Izel has created a mind flint to help her build monoliths to signal her people through a portal and bring them to Earth. May and Daisy bring Sarge to the jungle to kill Izel, believing that he still has some Coulson in him. 
But then Sarge puts a sword through May and dumps her through the portal. So maybe not. But then May survives and is healed on the other side. So maybe. But then when she comes back through, it seems like Sarge is now still the bad guy and has to be killed by Mac wielding the sword. So probably not. Meanwhile, Deke has been stealing all his technology. The lighthouse is under attack by the Chronicoms. And it takes a disguised Enoch to rescue Fitzsimmons and give them a plan to save everyone else. And that plan apparently involves time traveling back to early 20th century New York and building a Coulson LMD. Pacebuds, I ask you this. Now that we are at the end of the Sarge arc, how do you feel the show did with having a different Coulson? So bad. Yeah. And I thought, that the, I thought that there was enough room towards the finale that they could save it. Because it was the problem was that it was just jimble jumble mishmash like yes. they at no point knew what they were doing with sarge and is he good or, or is he bad and it was never like mysterious it was like schizophrenic like yeah. we don't know who he is and it did not create drama and then at the end they really doubled down on the problem with the season which was just have him do in that scene whatever they needed him to do right yeah I, it felt like they really didn't they just wanted to have colson do a different thing because he's just been doing the same thing for years and years at this point and it didn't work out. And I'm glad that we have the LMD Colson back because I like watching that guy. Yeah. And so like next season, we're going to bring up that he's an LMD once per episode. But most yeah. of the time, we're just going to have Colson back. It does feel like that's what they're going for. Yeah. That, like because the whole way they shot it was like the it's as if the camera is saying like, oh, my fucking God, can you believe it? This is the guy. That's- and then it's like when it finally focuses on him, you know, it's him for like. 25 seconds yeah and then still they're like very slowly bringing him into focus and then it is him it's the actor but you're like well this yeah. isn't the dude though because yeah. what he's i don't quite know he's a droid or like a yeah clone. he's like an advanced lmd because they use, what is an lmd it's a life model decoy okay lmd is like the 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 biggest winner of marvel no prizes in history like yeah. if there's ever like a continuity error oh it's just an lmd yeah, okay. like that's like they were like Nick Fury created them to like stop sending humans into war, or Shield did, or somebody in yeah. the comics. But really, it's just like an excuse to get out of stuff. At this point, kind of like scrolls. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Like, oh, at, he's a scroll. At this point, the comics like even poke fun of it. They're like, eh, he's probably an LMD or something. It's right. Like, <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, we talk a lot about the my roommate uh, reaction to shows. Is he an LMD? <laughs> that would explain so much. <laughs> but he walked in right before they did that reveal, and he goes, "Oh my god, he's back!" And I was like do you watch the show? And he's like, no, but uh, he's from the movies, right? And I was like, oh, you aren't even aware of the entire point of this show. Yeah, he's been alive the entire time. And the weird thing, too, is that the way that it was shot was like, you know, Coulson's clearly dead and he's gone and Sarge is dead and that's it. But there is somebody on the ship. And the way that we move in, it's this big secret. And I was thinking like, well, it can't be Clark Gregg, right? Like, that would be too obvious. So I started thinking like, is it Ward from season one? Oh, man. Like, who, uh, all of these S.H.I.E.L.D. people. Okay, and maybe. No, it's, just, it's just Coulson. It's just fucking Coulson. Of course, Coulson. it's just Coulson. See, that's, you, like, got yourself confused because of how much you know about the show. Yeah, and how not, obvious it was. Not, no, yeah, exactly. Not yeah. knowing anything about the show and only having one guess I could possibly make. <laughs> Everything they said, I was like, yeah, okay, it's the, it's the same. And yeah. I knew that, like, the idea was going to be, okay, Sarge was never any part Coulson. I think that is the final answer. Is that Yes. I was, don't know if that's true, though. Always, I don't think they knew it's true. Okay, I, I think at the end when they're tabulating the final score, they kind of say, no, this guy really, like, he didn't yeah. agree with the woman, Izel. He didn't want to be with her either. He was just a total, like, free agent. That's why, I, that's why I think it's hard to figure out why he's doing. But yeah. at the end, they're like, shit, that was just like no, none of him except the way he looked was Coulson. And they're like, yeah, we're dumb. I knew 
that they're going to want to have that actor back on the show because right. it's a very like TV show thing to do. You don't want to like fire the worker. And so when they're like, he didn't want us to do this. I'm like, oh, it's that guy, Coulson. Yeah. And they're like, oh, okay, I can't. But I have to say I'm excited to see him. And I'm like, okay, so it's Coulson. And then they like, who, then the, the whole way it's shot is like, who is it? Who is it? And I'm like, it's, it's that guy. It's Stop. Coulson. Stop what you're doing. It's I know who Coulson. it is. I, Dear TV show, it's clearly Coulson. Shut the fuck up. But you're like, it could be this guy. This is yeah. your character so for season one. I will say, I think I'm finally back on board with this show as a whole. And I, th- and I think here's why. The beginning of this show, it was like criminal minds with superpowers. And now it has fully gone into a thing that I can accept and just go with, which is this show is now just Stargate SG-1. Well, Oh, yeah, for sure, dude. Let, let's get to the back half of the second episode because what I watched was uh, a group of writers and showrunners and actors and creators uh, who knew that this season was dumb. You know, yes. like They yeah. were like, we don't care, but we have uh, some good ideas for next season. And so basically they started the post-credit scenes. 30 minutes yeah. with yeah. 30 minutes of the second episode left. Yeah, really the major action of the season ends like in the middle of the episode. Yeah. yeah. And like in the first 90 minutes of these two episodes, they didn't care. Like it was just going through the motions and cheesy sets and everything. And then when but what we see for next season, guys, is uh as the second that we got to old school New York and we're not the exact right year, but I thought one thing. Peggy Carter Agent Carter, the best thing that the MCU oh, has ever wow. done. Yeah. And two days after I watched this episode, uh, Haley Atwell signed on for season seven of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Okay. Hell yeah. And basically what I have heard, and I don't know if this is like forum bullshit or actual news, but uh, they were like, Legends of Tomorrow, we can do that. Like, And they are going That's to That's what it seems like. They're going to fly in a time machine yeah. with Agent Carter fixing S.H.I.E.L.D. all through time. They oh. clearly do time machine now, yeah. and it's a ship, and they're like, wow, we can travel through time. And it's like, oh, fuck, they're going to Legends of Tomorrow. And and you know what? It makes me extremely excited for season seven. Like, it, Because, A, it's their final season, so they have nothing to like drag out. They can just do whatever they want. And this seems like it's going to be a fun time. Like, every episode is just like, all right, this week we're doing the 20s, then we're going to do the 30s, we'll jump, uh, like, 50s, we'll do, like, a disco party for Ancient one of them. Ancient Greece. Yeah, like, who like who gives a shit? We'll do whatever. Mongolia. And, like, but, I'm but, very I mean, excited. Like, that's the main question. That's the thing that Legends of Tomorrow realizes. Who gives a shit? Nobody's watching. Nobody cares. Yeah. Can we just make this fun for us and the audience who doesn't have as much fun as you think they, uh, they might be having? Yeah, because uh, this season... You said it. It was kind of dumb. Like, it, I was even on board for most of the previous season. And this season, I was like, I have no interest. I don't, I don't want to, ca- I don't care. I don't want to watch it. Yeah. I feel like I say this every time we talk about this show, but um, I was on board for the season because I've spent seven years with these characters. Right. But the overall, like, you know, uh, it's all about on shows like this and Arrow and The Flash, it's all about like which big supervillain did they pick for the whole season. They fuck. They fuck this one up. Yeah. So yeah. you really just had to get through it. The the thing that made me think about how different the show is is when someone mentioned Robbie Reyes. I was like, oh yeah, remember when fucking Ghost Rider was on oh, the yeah. show for he's, like eight uh-huh. episodes? He's also on season seven. So like I like it's it's hard to not imagine you know this cast plus Peggy Carter and Ghost Rider flying around time. You know what, what a great team. I, I think that is a thing that I want to see. It's just them pulling all of the people who were on for like one of like the agents. The arts. all-stars. Yeah, and just, just bring them in and just do an entire season of just all the people that we've just shoved off to the side. And then Are going you... back to Hobbs and Shaw, what is Ghost Rider's weapon? Chains. It's chains. Are you, chains. Were you like at all upset by the fact that clearly the way that they reached this compromise was they somehow split up Fitz and Simmons? At, at, at this point, like... 
I can't believe how many times the show has gone to this bag. Yes. Like, they just won't let them be together, and I can't care anymore. Okay. Like, fine, guys. You know what? But, They're going to end up together in the series finale, but, like, uh, Fitzsimmons is more robotic than... Or, I'm sorry, Simmons is more robotic than Coulson is. Yeah. Like, she's just, like, this dead-to-the-world person, and... Okay, go ahead, it, Joe. It it seems like even the show knew because they were like, uh, "There's only one way we can do this, and it will be changing the entire natural course of your lives." And they both like, "You're like, fine, might as well." We <laughs> and sure. Simmons has a full on comic book moment where she's like, "I I, I haven't spoken to uh, Fitz," and then like goes up to the camera and to no one says, "And I can't speak to him either." Yeah, <laughs> like, I will I will never see him again. <laughs> uh, so speaking of Fitz and Simmons, how did you guys feel about their interactions with Deke in this episode? Their find, grandson? Yes, their grandson, and finding out that he has just stolen all of the technology from uh, S.H.I.E.L.D. O- like over the years. If I had to pick like that, that thing that I like about S.H.I.E.L.D. with the characters, uh, you know, and like explain to you guys why I still watch the show, I, I think that uh, Fitz and Deke would be the reason, just them screaming at each other through the entire episode. We don't do moments of the week for the main show. And Literally we never, never will. Have. I, but mine would be... Uh, when <laughs> Deke is like, I wish you would have told me that before I left. And Fitz just like absolutely fucking screaming on the other end. You jumped away. <laughs> it was like Deke said to Fitz, you don't know that much about Fast and Furious. That's yes. how he reacted. Like he, he reacted the exact same way. And I think it is the most unhinged I have ever heard. But totally Fitz. reasonable. Definitely yes. like a good reaction. What I liked about it uh, was there's literally one thing I know about the show Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Two things, actually. I know that uh, there's the yo-yo who goes back and forth yes. because I just think that's the coolest thing the show came up with. Uh, and two, I know that Deke has a thing with lemons. Uh, and so when they're, when he's walking around his like little workshop, there's just like pictures of lemons, lemons on the everywhere. Wall. There's just like big baskets of lemons. The woman that I gave the lemons to ran away. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that, that bit never gets old. So yeah. every time that's always referenced good. in one of these episodes that I watch, I'm always just like, yeah, lemons, I got something. <laughs> the lemons. I'm like Captain America in the original Avengers. I'm like, I, I get that reference. I get, I that, get reference. that reference. I understand that one. Yeah. Oh, I had one last question too. Yes. Um, What's I, your deal? I'm real tired of, of uh, kill the head boss and everyone dies. Yeah. Yes. How long has this been in pop culture? Like, when did this like start? Because didn't Game of Thrones... Do this with the White Walkers, yes. too? Yes. Uh, okay, here's the here's the first time I can remember. Uh, Independence Day. Yeah. Independence Day was if you kill... And I think that might have been War of the Worlds, too. It's it's, yeah. the, it's the perfect small-scale sci-fi or fantasy trope because it's the way in which you can have one person affect a great outcome. You can't really tell the story of a battle because there's too many, like potential centerpieces right but if you can just have one person beating one other person and killing everybody but i started noticing it in the like an independence day late 90s and now it's every single thing yeah game of thrones is that way it's so eye-rolling it's so quick and easy yeah like it's it like it ruins the stakes for shit like why aren't you protecting yourself more like why weren't those white walkers keeping that like head white walker somewhere else so they could win the battle yeah and not letting a little girl be able to just like win the battle um, is it like vampire stuff? Like it is vampire. Dracula? Yeah, yeah. It is. It be, yeah, you Break you make all of your like all of your followers, and if you die, they just revert back to their natural. Like a form. like a pyramid scheme, right? Like if you cut off the top, then everybody goes down. But it, it seems that seems really cool to do with vampires. We did not leave it alone there. We just no, now we just use yeah. it when it even does not. But make to be sense. fair, 
this was vampires or zombies. It, 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 I was never clear about what it's the, like the strike crystal were. bats. Yeah, crystal bats. So that like the bad guy, she was a bat. She could control the bats. Yeah, th- but she is like more like an incorporeal kind of like energy essence, right? Right. And she can step yes. into people and, and take them and, over. And then like the other people that she was trying to summon, who are locked behind an old Aztec temple door in another dimension. They're the same thing. They're the same thing. I but have they're to say, also like which that Aztec District thing, Nine aliens. Was yeah. it clear to you guys that uh, that Aztec thing? Because that was never brought up in this entire season. Okay, it yeah. was just available, right? Like that yeah. set yeah. was just available, and then they were like, that's, "This looks adventurey." That's, that's the other thing is uh, that's another trend that I've been seeing. I think between this and uh, the Tick is there's always just like an old Mayan temple that's in the jungle, but those would be like heavily trafficked like tourist destinations right it's like, exactly what you say ryan it's th- that th- remember like four years ago they're like we can still have agents of shield the show just has to cost nothing yeah and suddenly they were only in very small interior spaces like it they just here's what we got they say the production designer here's what we got no one is using the mayan temple thing nobody ever does like and so you're like okay we'll use that one yeah, and I think like, that we're both not we're not supposed to notice because it feels like we've been watching shit go down in Mayan temples our entire lives. Yeah, so it's supposed to make sense. But if you think about it, it does not. It's no. very Star Trek: The Next Generation too. Every Star Trek, they're like, "All right, we can go anywhere in space. Let's go hang out in some space caves." And it's yeah. whatever like this, whatever the high budget shows are done filming on. So like at yeah. eight p.m., you run in. They and all scurry yourself. in <laughs> to make their sinful little dirty show. It, but it does. It, that, that was another thing that reminded me of Star Trek: SG One. They're like. All right, we've got all these space aliens, but they're all going to be heavily based around like old temples, so we <laughs> can just do stuff in rock stuff, and it's it's all the same. But uh, yeah, I this season wrapped up, and I was like, oh, all right, cool. I'm glad that we're done with that. Let's move on to the next thing. I'm excited for the next thing, Ryan. That's, that's cool. It's amazing they were able to do that for you because I would say a central tenant of this show is. Part of why it's so hard for a show like this to stay on the air is all it can do is lose viewers. Yeah. Yeah. Like, that's all at this point it can do. So the idea that they might have come up with something that would be intriguing to people who don't watch the show continually, that's like a that's a major win for them. If they had to do it by copying an already existing show. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they, they already stole the Flash's thing. Like, uh, Clark Gregg was like, Tom Cavanaugh gets to be somebody different every season. I yeah. want to do that. And now they're stealing Legends tomorrow, too. Yeah. You know what? Take, take good lessons. That's I, I am absolutely okay with that. Agents of Shield will be coming back next season for its final season. Now we're gonna move on to a little bit where we talk about every other show that's not that. Hey guys, just briefly interrupting here to lay down some very smooth commercials. If you were on the internet, which I am many times, go on over to yourpopfilter.com. That is your central hub for all the things we're doing. You can get our podcast and see what we are up to on that website. Taylor. Yes. Tell the folks about the Amazon.com. If you'd like to shop on Amazon.com, you should instead go to yourpopfilter.com slash Amazon. Buy your things through there, and it helps us out a little bit with no extra work from you, other than just going to that extra little bit at the front of the URL. That sounds like a dream. Ryan, YouTube. Yeah, make sure that you're going to YouTube. If you like listening, but it's you're, there's not enough for your eyes to do, we totally understand. Go to YouTube, search for Your Pop Filter, and there's a lot of skitsies and bitsies on there that have visuals as well. Wow, that sounds amazing. Social media, you can find us on Twitter.com, at Your Pop Filter, or also now available on Instagram, 
Hey, hey, hey. At your pop filter. Check us out on the social media. Taylor, contact. If you want to contact us, you can contact at, contact at yourpopfilter.com. If you like the show and you want to tell us how much you love it, or if you hate the show and you want to tell us how much you hate it, send us that. Or if you want to call us on a phone, you can do that at one five six two Doctor DJ Pop. DJ Pop. Uh, that's one five six two D R D J P O P. He's a little robot associate, and he takes our messages for us. One of his hands is a spatula. His other hand is a spatula maker. <laughs> Hell yeah! So he's always got extra hands. <laughs> All right. Well, those are the commercials, guys. Let's get you right back to that show. Now we're here in the poll. It's part of the show where we talk about every other show that we watched this week. Kicking it off is Preacher. On the season premiere of Preacher, Preacher does that thing where they show two episodes and then call it a two-hour premiere, even though both episodes are basically self-contained and it just makes more work for people trying to cover these things. It makes more work for us, and we love it! We start with a flash forward where Cassidy and Tulip are doing some smoochies, gasp, and Jesse falls from a plane probably to his death, double (gasps) gasp. Back in the present, Jesse and Tulip save Cassidy from Masada, where he is being circumcised over and over again as a means of torture. But once they free him, he decides to go back and get out on his own. Jesse bails on the gang to go look at a big rock dick, and God seems to be up to something and clearly loves Diet Dr. Pepper. So, gentlemen, I ask you this. Were these two episodes out to show that this season of Preacher is going to evolve the show? Or is it proud to still be the kind of entertainment where our antagonist eats foreskin pasta while donning a new foreskin ear? The the second one. It's the second one <laughs> by a, by a very long shot. It's this isn't bad. I I do like a lot of preacher. Uh-huh. But it is the it is the foreskin pasta and the foreskin ear of moments. television. Yeah, where I'm just like I I wish that this wasn't in the show. Yeah. It's I, I think what this week proved is that this is just not a bingeable show. Yeah, like you no. need to be with it for an hour and then take a week off. Yeah, because the- it has a lot of qualities. Yeah, it really does. It's a lot of different things, and one thing it sets out to be is very, very unpleasant, and it's it's successful at that. I mean, Happy does the same thing, and I remember when we were talking about Happy, we were like, we kind of already accept this in Preacher, so right. maybe we don't want it in another show. We don't have room for another friend. Yeah, yeah, and this was gory and awful, and I don't think any of that was for anybody. I think it's something the show does to you as a way of like yeah. subjecting you to something. I don't know if it has evolved. No, wait, I do. It has not. But <laughs> yeah, I, right? I do think, and I don't know if this is because of these two episodes or reading the comics, that it, it feels more focused. Yes. And I feel like that we are like, yeah. we have a finish line ahead, you know? It, it doesn't feel like they are chaining themselves so, specific, yeah, so specifically to a location like previous seasons have done. Maybe uh, that will happen in the next couple episodes but it seems like they're pretty spread out and committed to like gallivanting around okay masada is a big rock fortress and where jesse's going is a big rock dick i mean yeah i have a feeling there's going to be a lot of scenes in both of these big rock locations I was yeah, it was hard for me. Maybe I was on my phone too much while watching these two episodes, which is not true. I would never do that. No, we're professionals and we wouldn't do it. Um, the first episode all made sense to me. You know, like we we see Jesse die. Yeah, right, right away, and it looks like that Tulip. And he's and definitely dead. So we know for a fact he died. That at the is end a of this fact, season. of course, yeah. definitely. And Tulip and Cassidy are together, and then we cut back to the past, 
And then we go through the whole, like, the invasion of Masada. And then once we got to the second episode, I was unclear of, like, the timeline and are we in the right. Middle East or where we're at. And the, a thing that I didn't quite understand is they go to this, like, house and there's, like, someone, like, there's some shady shit going on. And his new pilot friend, who I actually love, I love this pilot oh, guy. Oh, yeah, the code I, of the pilot. I, I hope that oh, this pilot guy... Oh, the whole Jesus Desaad thing. Yeah, I, I hope that this pilot guy is around for longer, but they go in there, and it seems like he goes in to, like, fuck some people up. And then, did I just miss it, and we just don't see any of that? Like, it seemed like the next time we saw him, he just, like, had bruised knuckles, and we just cut all of that. Yeah, it felt like that's to be, to be shown later. Okay, because it just felt like... It would be a very preacher thing to show that sequence and yeah. to just skip it seemed because weird. Jesus decides going to be a whole thing. This is like the old preacher formula of you meet a new person and you're like, oh God, what is it? And then they make you spend a few like issues or episodes not knowing what horrible thing it is yeah. about this person. And then they finally tell you. Which is very like soap operatic yeah you know, that's how they introduced stuff jesus Desaad was on the truck of the lady that picked him up yeah. as a hitchhiker right yeah and then the pilot was just a random pilot in the airport that yeah. jesse yeah makes basically fly him all on his own yeah. right he's got a private jet now yeah but he was great he was like i it's always my, one of my favorite parts of preacher is watching their reaction after they've heard the word of god uh-huh. and some people are like scared shitless like he says like don't shoot me and they won't but they don't know what's going on and this pilot, uh, the pilot comes up and tells Jesse, oh, you can't smoke in here. And Jesse's like, yes, I can, with the word of God. And the pilot's like, yeah, you bet you yeah, can. He's like, yeah. he's like I can, you can now. And the guy's like, you can now. And he's yeah. like, yeah, I, the the show does, a, does like a good job of reflecting on the implications of the word of God. I think that like these episodes in particular, like there was a deaf person, so you can't hear the word of God. There yeah. was someone who doesn't speak English, so can't understand the word of God. Which was... Can we get to that scene? Yeah. The the two guys on camels. Like, is this preacher at its best or is this preacher at its most eye-rolliest? That was straight up fucking racist as shit. Yeah. I can't believe, like, it feels like the preacher, I guess, of 2019 where it's like, hey, we're going to do some racist stuff. <laughs> yeah. Which is like, ah, okay. Do and you dude, guys- the, it, it hasn't popped up in the boys yet. And so I know we're going to talk about the boys in a little bit. But the, part of, like, what Garth Ennis does is, like, he, in his opinion, people are racist. Yeah. And so when it's just two people who are comfortable with each other, they'll just be racist to one another. That says a lot about him, I think. Uh, yeah. The, the, this episode of the preacher seems to think that, like, or it seems to, it seems to be the case that they are going to like pursue that. In the boys, so far, it seems like they're not going to talk about that part of the comic. There's just not time. We don't have time. Yeah. Sorry, guys. Uh, speaking of it. not having time, we are out of time for this. Do you oh, have no. moments of the week, Greg? Okay. This show still does some things really, really well, and I do enjoy watching it. The intro to the second episode which is a very highly stylized. It almost looks like an old like film strip you'd yes. watch in, in, in class or something. God just like surveying his creation, drinking what we now know is Diet Dr. Pepper out of his little tin cup. Yep. And he sees his creation and it's good. And he sees that it's good. And then he sees a dinosaur and the dinosaur is good and he sees that it's good. But then the dinosaur takes a big shit, which God's like, oh, I don't know, I don't know if I like that. And then the dinosaur is clearly going to eat the shit. And God's like, don't eat your shit, dinosaur. And dinosaur's like, I'm a dinosaur. I don't know what to do. And so he does. And so God smites basically all the dinosaurs. Dude, that shows a very refined understanding of yes. like God. And it's I love, very good. It's not just that, like, it's not just that like God doesn't like people or dinosaurs eating their own shit. It's that I've already told you not yeah. to. Why aren't you listening I, to me? I created you and I gave you the ability to do that. I mean for you not to. 
Ryan, moment of the week? Yeah, I got a couple here. Nope, you got one. <laughs> you have exactly one. You're on notice. Okay, so I'm going to put them all into one sentence. Um, uh, Tulip creating a Jaws scenario out of cars and dust with other cars I thought was great. Both yes. stupid and cool. Um, and then... Uh, <sighs> you have exactly one. Then You know what? That's it. Uh, mine was uh, just the... I actually really like Cass's uh, like decision. He's like, no, actually, fuck you. I'm going to get out on my own. And, but he just keeps fucking it up because yeah. that's Cass. I feel like that's a really good character moment. Try escaping in the middle of the night, you stupid idiot. Yeah. How long have you been a vampire? The only thing that stopped him was he went and he's like, oh, that's bloody sunny out there. You know that the sun is but your no, weakness. It, just leave in the middle of the night. It was giving Jesse the hero credit that stopped no, him. No, no, this is the, this the, is second, the, the second, second time. Because right. he makes the same fucking mistake. He does the like, same thing. Ah, the bloody sun's up again. The other one, real two. quick, is... No, uh, the, no, we're out of time. In the first scene... No, Preacher is on AMC on Sunday nights. Your next show this week is Jessica Jones. On the eighth episode of Jessica Jones, the Ryan watched a scene at the beginning of Preacher... <laughs> And <laughs> Cassidy had blonde hair, and I miss mid '90s Johnny Lee Miller from like Train Spotting and Hackers God. so much. Do you guys remember that? On the eighth episode of Jessica Jones, Jess and Trish play a game of social media scavenger hunt. Thanks to Salinger sending them a video and saying that one of these people is going to die. Oh, no. Unfortunately, they figure out the clues too late. As the person who dies is Trish's mom. <gasps> oh no! Good. Jess is a little responsible for that, which means now the two best friends have had a hand in the murder of each other's mothers. Taste buds, I ask you this. Would you like me to ask you a question that doesn't have to do with how we would kill each other's mothers? Yeah. You know I think what? we no. could probably talk about I, something else. I want to I hear that. Here's the question. I'm going to go to you, Greg. Um, Salinger is <laughs> under like FBI watch. Yeah. And so uh, what he oh, does no. is he finds a uh, lookalike to sit in that couch and watch TV all day so he can escape and do crimes. And when they figure that out, the double is so much like fatter and schlubbier than he is. And I want to know... like. Are you guys up to the task of going to find your double? And I want to know, like, do you think it'd be more handsome? Do you think it would be way grosser than you guys are? Here's the thing. I don't want to find my double because every time anyone has ever told me that I look like a celebrity, it is only insulting. It's like Tammy Faye Baker. Yeah. Like uh, when that uh, post was going around, it was like, y'all lit boys that look like this break your heart. And it was like some like ill looking child with like extreme bags under his eyes. And Caitlin from the Unnatural 20s tagged me on Twitter and was like, this looks just like you. <laughs> Do you know who does sort of not really look like you, but has your essence? And this is a compliment. You ready for this? Tom Holland. The, when I saw that video you, of the, the MAGA person in the, like, the town meeting and then the green shirt guy. Oh, yeah. That's hanging out with Taylor, guys. Okay. I'm the green shirt guy, you're right? Yeah, you're a green guy. shirt guy. Greg's I'm, the MAGA lady and you're I the green shirt I will take that because I did watch that. I was like, that feels like me. That, yeah. feels, like a thing. that feels like a thing that I want to do. Who would you trust to go find your double? Somebody who really does look like you. I feel like he's not here, but I feel like Mike would find the, the kindest double of me. This of is anyone. a weird thing, but my mom went to Ireland in like <laughs> 2000, and it was before like cell phone picture, pictures. So when she came back, she's like, when I get these pictures, I have to show you a picture of this guy. She's like, I found a person who looks exactly like you in Ireland. And dude, he did. They're my exact. So you really thought so? Yeah, this guy, and it's like it's not just a little bit. Like, oh, this gives you the impression of Greg. This dude was just me, but he lives in Ireland. But you know what? There's a picture of a zombie that is like is around the internet that looks exactly like me, and so I think that guy. But Ryan, your moment of the week. My moment of the week is Jess decides that the only way to help catch this guy is to go on TV and be on like a interview for a, one of those like thirty minute news shows, and the interviewer says like, "It's weird, you're." You're uh, going against a serial killer, and I have to point out that uh, every time over the last three years, you've gone against one serial killer. Like, what's up with that? 
And it wasn't played for laughs. Jess was just like, oh, fuck, that's so true. I have had three seasons of my life. Is that my Weird. thing? Whoa. Jessica Jones is on Netflix. Your next show this week is Legion. On the penultimate episode of Legion, David and Sid have traveled back to the same time, David trying to help his father Charles win the fight with the Shadow King in Morocco, and Sid trying to help his mother feel strong enough to continue raising and loving him despite his illness. Unfortunately, this much time shenanigans has caused time to jump around, switch to be incapacitated, and time eaters to run loose over the past. As David and Charles prepare to take on the Shadow King, future Amal Farouk escapes the time between time and meets his past self, setting us up for a big showdown in the grand finale next week. Taste Buds, I ask you this. With only one more episode to go, does it feel like Legion is ready to land this thing for good? I say yes. I guess it does, but sort of because of this, like, not great episode. Yeah, I feel like this was the weakest episode of the entire season thus far. But everyone is being arranged so that they're in the correct place. Right. Because I can think of, like, ten different epic things that could happen in this last episode that would all tie a different type of bow on the show. And we talked about some of these last time. You said the thing, Taylor, where maybe it's going to turn out he's just a hero and it's just, like, eat it. Now you have to watch all that, and this guy does, like, at least in this reality, become a hero. So I think that it was shifting pieces around, and that's always a little unfortunate to watch, but it gets us somewhere really yeah. good. I it, think this was the definition of a table-setting episode. Which, like, we, we watch episodes of The Flash like that all the time. We're like, yeah, you know, it's, yeah. it, they have to do that. But with Legion, it's like, no, we lost an episode of Legion. That's, uh, I will say that this was a, like, 6 out of 10 episode of Legion, and it would still be a 10 out of 10 episode of The Flash. But it made me think about, like, what makes a lesser episode of Legion? You know, and sometimes it's really hard. Like, when they're, like, not giving any information, that feels like it's bad, but it's actually kind of cool. Like, they always figure it out. It's, it's like, it's being perfunctory. That's yeah. what, if they do that, that's when I really get bummed out. This was the most by the book any other episode of another show could do this episode that Legion has done in a while. And I get it, because they have to wrap up next episode, and they're probably saving up all of their juices for that. This saving felt- up their juices? Is that yeah. a term? Yeah, they're saving up their do you juices. Do that? Yeah, they got to save up them juices so they can just squirt their finale all over the place. The new thing, really, is to have your second-to-last episode of either a season or a series be like the big one, and then the next episode after yeah. at the very last is just reflecting on I hope on that's that. not the case here. I don't think that's what... I think yeah. this is very much old school. This episode was a set. Yeah. For what I think is going to be a successful spike of the final episode. You, d- you don't end an episode before the finale with Amal Farouk walking out and seeing his own floating self and yeah. saying, interesting, I mean, without yeah. like doing something crazy. So now the, on the battlefield are going to be Charles Xavier and his son on one side versus Amal Farouk and really kind of the same age Amal Farouk. Like, I think watching the show, the way their makeup is done and everything, we think of them as being dramatically different ages. Mm-hmm. This is like one 1,017-year-old guy and then his 1,037-year-old self. Right. Like, they're the same age, basically. Yeah. It, it, like, it, he, has, he has basically not changed at all. That guy, was, that guy was in Aladdin. It, oh, really? <laughs> was he really? But he, he didn't play Jafar, which I think was a horrible, horrible mistake. He played... Uh, Jasmine's dad, the king. So, like, he had almost nothing to do. Jasmine's dad's short and fat. Yeah, they. He wasn't fat, but they. He Shorted was. Him he up. was mostly just old in this. Yeah, it's gonna be really hard to, uh, like, start watching next week's episode. Not just because, like, to say goodbye, but like, 
I don't like you have to be in the mindset to be able to process this next hour. That's yeah. going to be a lot of shit to do. I I just have this really strong feeling that the action that takes place in this episode is going to be such an interesting. It's going to be like the the ninth batter in the American League. It's the end of the lineup and it's the beginning of the lineup at the same time. I really do think that no matter how they end it, it's going to end in such a way where you're like, I'm going to go watch the first episode again. And then it kind of like is a circle. Do we need to cancel the pull list next week? I mean, it sucks. We have to do the Krypton finale for next week. Uh, That's what we're going to be focusing on. And then we'll just talk about Legion for a couple minutes. But I don't know if like we need a pull list next week yeah. because of what this hour is going to do to our brain. I think the thing that I'm weirdly most excited for is to see what the uh, in credits like like thing for this season is going to end up appearing in in the last episode what if it's just our faces because because legion always does that they have like over the credits there's some like thing running and then it appears at somewhere near the end of the season i want to know what this weird like lava lamp thing is <laughs> what is it uh, that's unfortunately all the time we have to talk about legion this week ryan moment of the week my moment of the week is actually the two farouks um i love because old school farouk he's evil right yes but there's like I don't know, there's this goofiness about him. I don't know if he's fully decided like what a god he ha- he can be. He's trying to trick Xavier. I think that's why he's acting yeah. like that. Okay, so that still works. Like, But the way that he's dressed versus present-day Farouk, who like slick back hair and suit. And yeah. I, I, I just love, once you come to the conclusion that you're a villain, your change in dress and yeah. hair is really awesome. Uh, Greg Monley? Uh, I'm going to piggyback off that because when you first see him off Farouk, he looks so silly. And, you know, because he's the younger version of himself, him, like the the character this guy created, the actor, is so cool. And I think it's part of the reason why they shifted him over, like, to the the good guy team. But although that was like a bit of a ruse, because it's just when he does show up as himself, it's like so satisfying to see him again, like in his real form. Uh, my moment of the week is uh, when Sid is talking to Carrie and she says, you know how Oliver and Melanie raised me from a baby? And <laughs> Carrie just goes, I remember you saying that. <laughs> <laughs> Even though she uh, does all the Legion adventures, she's still like, maybe. Yeah, uh, I don't know. I'm usually inside a dude and I'm not that aware of what people are into, but that seems like an unusual thing. Uh, Legion is on FX and it's Final, final episode will be coming next week. Your next show is Pennyworth. On the second episode of Pennyworth, Alfred turns down the offer from Thomas Wayne and instead puts him up against, puts himself up against one of the East End's most dastardly figures. Taste buds, if you were going to make your figure, your body figure, more dastardly, what is the body part you would focus on? Uh, probably my my lips. I think I would have dastardly lips. What does a bad guy's lips look like? I don't know. Like I feel like they always are, sneering. Yeah, they're always sneering. They're a little bit wet. Uh, <laughs> yeah, not dude, overly moist, but no. just like shiny. They're yeah, they're like a little shiny, and I feel like maybe like a big vein running through them. Yeah, or or like maybe like a slight scar. On the top lip, and it's like, oh, something in, happened there. In the Game of Thrones books, Joffrey's always described as having these like really fat lips that look like little worms wriggling yeah. over each other. Ugh. That's a very dastardly piece. Uh, ba- uh, bad guys to me always have like they're uh, top heavy, so I think I would just like uh, work on my torso, but then like really lose everything in the legs. Yeah, I want to get rid of all leg muscle that I have. What if you did the opposite? You just had like big hips, <laughs> just big old. I'm hips. the villain Birth that hips? has big, t- yeah, like real what's big up, hips. What's up, y'all? I'm big hips, hips Johnson. My name's Little Baby Big Hips. And then there's hair, which is just slicked back, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Pennyworth is on a channel. Your next show this week is Swamp Thing. This week on Swamp Thing, 
Despite the recovery of Alec Holland's body, Abby tries to make Swamp Thing believe that Holland's spirit resides within him. Nathan and his men attack, but Swamp Thing kills them, sparing only Nathan. Madame Xanadu visits Maria in the mental institution and gives her closure, but at the cost of her sanity. Avery tries to reconcile with ex-lover Lucilia, but when she refuses, he attacks her and dumps her car in the swamp with Lucilia inside the trunk. After talking with Liz, Cassidy is finally able to leave Marais. Matt returns to a station overrun with plant life and is confronted by a transformed Jason Woodrue, who attacks him. Both Swamp Thing and Abby make life-changing decisions to remain in Marais and try to combat the encroaching darkness together. Which we will see never because the show <laughs> has been canceled and this was the final episode of the season. Taste Buds, I ask you this. Do you think that we would have watched more of this show had it been not canceled the first episode? No. I think you, I, I kind of think you would, Taylor. I think I would. I feel like this, we treated this show the same way we treated Outcast, which is I think it is a good show that does not hook us in any way. And I think it was made worse by the fact that we knew that it was not going anywhere if, after this. If it hadn't been canceled right at like before it premiered, if they had just said you get one season, or yeah. if they hadn't said anything at all, but the just the absolute energy suck of like there's no law that says when you cancel a show you have to report you, it immediately. Yeah. Like, yeah. Why did they do that? It like uh, it it really felt like it was they wanted it intentionally to be a fuck you to the like the state that they maybe, yeah maybe it was a, a negotiating ploy. They thought we're we're definitely going to cancel it if we don't have this tax subsidy. So maybe if we make a big announcement, people will like pressure us to get to give the tax subsidy again or teach other shows lessons. Like yeah. oh you you don't you think we're kidding no yeah. we're not um i feel bad because we were supposed to have the show as the main segment and then agents of shield had a double episode this week yeah you know it would have been cool to talk about the show more but now yeah. it's gone well it's a baby in heaven r.i.p swamp thing hopefully your fate does not correspond with dc universe because we really want another season of doom patrol and that's it Full. Well, we're getting that, though, right? Isn't that your next show this week is the boys the boys well, Butcher and the gang have translucent, but what are they going to do with him? It appears his skin is more than just see-through. It's also made of an indestructible substance. That makes me question how Huey and the Butcher were able to beat him in the first episode at all, but who needs to care about things like that? Most of the episode is spent trying to figure out how to kill the indestructible man before they decide to just jam a bomb up his bum and kill him that way. Also, Annie has to team up with the Deep, who isn't sure why she's so hung up on this sexual assault thing he did. Also, also, does Homelander love Elizabeth's shoe? Also, 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 do I love Elizabeth's shoe? Gentlemen, I ask you this. Do you feel like they decided for the purposes of this episode alone that this guy had indestructible skin? No, I think that they addressed that previously, Greg, and I think you're going to feel like a very silly boy when I say this because in the first episode, he does say, my skin is a uh, high tensile carbon weave. Okay. And then, and then after that, he says, okay, Greg, do you yes. understand? And then uh, what's his face? Huey earlier in the episode had talked about the carbon in the cables, which was highly conductive. Yeah. And that's why his skin is so conductive and therefore he is susceptible to shocks. But then, okay, so they can shock him enough with a big cattle prod to knock him out. Yes. But they can't, they're like, we can't electrocute him. That's just not possible. We won't consider it. Then they're like, let's suffocate him. And then they're like, remember the last time someone tried to suffocate him? And he's like, oh yeah. And then it's like, (laughs) it's a good out. Like, okay, wait, like, no, seriously, suffocate this dude. Like, yeah. your skin can be as indestructible as you want. Clearly, his butthole isn't indestructible because they jammed a bomb up there. Yeah. And I, the only reason this matters to me is because it sets up a bunch of false, like, dramatic moments. What they yeah. really want is they really want to get out of this episode Huey killing a guy. Right. The way they did this in the comic was he kills 
he kills a guy who's come back from the dead and isn't quite there. And I'm not sure if they're going to do that element in the show or not. But and he feels bad about it, and it commits him to the team in the way that they yeah. want. Uh, this one, they clearly wanted it to be that they can't kill this guy, but they get a situation where Huey can decide whether or not the guy dies and then ultimately does That's, kill him. I thought that the way he was going to kill him was that the water that he gave him was going to be poisoned. Yeah. Like because he, I felt like that was going to be a, a good way to go about it. One thing I did like about this episode, though, was uh, it introduced Frenchie. Frenchie's like the most interesting ca- character in the comic book and seems like he's going to be the most interesting character in the show. And when Frenchie talks about, like, he's like, no, dude, it's hard to fucking kill these superheroes. And you realize, maybe for the first time, this world doesn't have supervillains. It only has superheroes. And it's basically impossible for regular people to kill them. This isn't just something that happens with them in Translucent. Like, if they were to go get Homelander, that's a crazy example, but if they were to to go get Black Noir, it's not clear how you kill some of these people. Like, they are basically gods on Earth. And I thought that was a good bit of world building, despite complaining about yeah. the powers. But as far as the performance of Frenchie, he's got a little monologue here talking about uh, death and killing and scars and you know how big of a deal it is. Were you guys buying that? Did you guys yeah. think that the actor oh, and yeah. the writers did a good job? Yeah, I, I did. I was very hooked. This like, The way they're setting up how this team is kept together and how they're motivated to do things. like Consider the fact that Butcher goes to Frenchie and then opens up the trunk and is like, this is who I have to show him an invisible person. And then he closes the door and like, well, maybe he's seen your face, isn't it? Yeah. It seems like the way to make a team is be like, show someone something and be like, ha ha, you're in it now. Yeah. yeah and I, tuck, mean, bud. I think they're laying a lot of groundwork. My wife likes the show in part because she wants to run away with Butcher. Uh-huh. Yes. And I think you are supposed to fucking love Butcher at this point. And but he's already done a couple things that are like, wow, that's like he's a little this guy seems a little bit manipulative, perhaps. I think Butcher would be better if like if there was more like overalls, if he was like more of a farmer. I'm sort of into Carl Rural. Do you know what I mean? (laughs) Not Carl Urban. Fuck off. Very well done. Uh, Ryan, moment of the week. My moment of the week. And the reason that I'm sort of like maybe not on for the boys for the rest of the season uh, is because there's not enough of this, which is my moment of the week, which is. The deep mentioning that he had been scheduled for a team up. Yeah. yeah. And I really like that. You know, like these team ups don't happen organically. You know, somebody yeah. has to set these up. And I like that. And he also says, Oh, great. This is a water adjacent adventure. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Piers, docks. This is what I always get. I, I, I love that stuff. I could have waited for five minutes to hear him list different bodies of water. Channels, fjords. And yeah. I just think about like the thing. Creeks. At home, right, Taylor? Like, oh, creeks. God damn it. Do you like creeks? Greg, moment of the week. Uh, Man, I, I am into this show, um, but it might be because I'm so up the butt of the comic, but I'm very interested to see, like, they are doing something very different with Homelander in the in the show than they did in the comic, and I think it's more like what The Tick did. Like, in the comic, the whole, Homelander is a, a fucking psychopath. In this, he seems like a, like a psychopath, but also he's very much having, like, a Superior moment. Like, this guy is kind of falling apart mentally, yeah. and he's not just cold and efficient. He's crazy, and I think that's very interesting, so I want to see that, but the comedy uh, of the scene in which A-Train goes to visit the kid in the hospital. And it's because they can't find Translucent. So the kid's like, I want a Translucent. And A-Train's like, he's out on a mission right now. But you know what? I'm sure he's going to pop by next week. And then he looks at the doctor (laughs) and the doctor just shakes his head. No. No. (laughs) And and in that same scene when he's like, I'll teach you how to run fast. And the kid goes, 
You're going to teach me how to outrun cancer? Teach me how to outrun cancer? <laughs> it just turns to the camera and does a thumbs up. See, in the comic, that's where they would have gone for some joke about race because the kid wanted to have translucent, a white, although usually clear, superhero and a black superhero show up, showed up instead. In the comic, they would really put like a button on that. And it it's always uncomfortable because you're like, What's the what's the level of commentary on this? Yeah. That's what this show, show seems to be avoiding all of that stuff. Plus, it shows, like, why Madeline is so nervous when A-Train goes out. Because, like, he is not capable of those filmed moments. No. Like, he no. does not have responses. She's for- like, he has to be on script from now yeah. on. Uh, and my moment of the week is, uh, it's just the deep naming Bodies of Water. <laughs> I, really, I really enjoyed him naming Bodies of Water. But and you're we'll- not into creeks, though. No! God damn it! Your next and final episode this week is Krypton. On this week's episode of Krypton, the future of Krypton is at stake as Seg faces off against his enemy, General Zod, with the help of his allies. Taste buds, I ask you this. Speaking of allies, have you ever gotten through an entire game of Axis and Allies? No. No. I've, I don't think I've ever gotten through a full turn of Axis and Allies. Yeah, usually you like get the board kind of set up, and then like which three, is hours right there. Yeah, yeah, and then like three people go, and then you're like, you guys, game night's over. It's like Risk is already a, a game that people bitch about being like it taking too long and being too hardcore. Axis and Allies is if you took that and like doubled the yeah. complexity. And the person who set it up, like when everyone left except for one person, the person who set it up like corners you. It's like, I need you to play. Please don't make this a big waste of time. I put all the factories out and everything. It feels like you said Krypton. Uh, they're battling for the fate of Krypton. That's every episode of Krypton. Yeah, right? it's hard. Yeah, that's just that's what they Living do. On every Krypton's episode. rough. Yeah, uh, Krypton is on Sci-fi. Sci-Fi Channel, and its finale is next week. It is. Speaking of, that's the finale of this episode. We're done with it. Next week, we are talking about the Krypton finale, the Legion finale. Woo. And we're giving away some shishies for the best villain. Or worst villain, if you think about it. Uh, yeah, okay, in a way. Depending on whether or not you're a villain. Yeah, but so. that's confusing for, like, award ceremonies, so uh-huh. let's, not, let's not muddy the issue. They're the best villain. How about, okay, so how about worst villain, then? Uh, that that's not, it? no, it does not fix anything that I just told you was the problem. I, I thought I was going to fix it. No, you made it much worse. Like, it is best villain. The award we're giving away is best villain. It's probably going to be Taylor. In addition to all of those things. Oh, oh, oh. Did I come, did I like put a sign around my neck today that said, please just shit all over me? Did I, do I have that sign around my neck right now? Just roast this beehole. You have God no more damn. shit on your shirt than you normally do. You, oh, damn. God, Jesus damn, Christ. Son. I'm ending this show. We're done, and we're not going to be back next week, unless we are, <laughs> in which case we'll be talking about all those things that I just mentioned. For Ryan, I'm Greg. For Greg, I'm Taylor. For Taylor, we are the world. Bye!